Today's episode is sponsored by Fits for Kings and Queens. If you're looking to dress like a king or a queen should, then visit the link in our show notes at Fits for Kings and Queens. Y'all heard the introduction song. Of course, it's time to shine bright. I'm on the line with another very special guest. And I forgot to give a quick shout out to the artist of that song. For those who haven't been tuning in, uh, that's Mr. Toby Nwigwe or Nwigwe. Uh, he's a, a, a rapper, a hip hop artist that happens to be Christian straight out of Houston, uh, Texas. Uh, definitely taking the hip hop uh, scene by storm. If you haven't heard of him, you definitely will uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, but that is the name. Uh, the, the name of his song is called Shine uh, for the Run the Jewel series. That's the theme song that we're rolling with this quarter. It's time to shine bright like the diamonds that we are, like the jewels that we are. And I'm on a very, very special uh, interview tonight uh, with a brother and a friend of mine. Definitely have, have known this, this man for quite some time now. Uh, he is doing a lot in the community, also abroad. He just actually came back from the motherland uh, before I even went. So we're going to be talking to him about his uh, international travels. But uh, I have a very special guest, Mr. Julius White. Uh, Brother Julius, can you introduce yourself to those who will be tuning in? Oh, thanks again. Thank you for having me on here. My name is Julius White, and I'm not just a Toastmaster, but in the in the uh, IT field. Uh, currently, I do some great work over with some Spelman College as their uh, director of enterprise support services, which is like IT operations and making sure that we're helping them with the mission, things of that nature. Absolutely. So he's he's again helping out the next generation. <laughs> Uh, being involved in the HBCUs, the AUC. Uh, he is, I forgot to mention with his introduction, he is a man of many talents, but he is also a Toastmaster. Uh, for those that don't know about Toastmasters International, uh, you will by the end of this interview tonight. Uh, this is how I met this young brother, and this is also how we've both been able to uh, help build our careers and, and also our businesses uh, from, again, our Toastmasters uh, progression that we've been able to embark on. So we're on the line uh, this evening again uh, for episode 20 of the Run the Jewel vidcast podcast series. This whole month we've been talking to public and professional speakers from all walks of life, from vocal coaches uh, to recruiters and ambassadors to um, financial speakers. And now we're talking to a man that does speaking a lot, but especially he was able to perfect his craft. I'm, I'm almost certain uh, from an organization by the name of Toastmasters International. So, so Jew, tell him, tell him a little bit um, for those that may have heard or may not have heard of Toastmasters. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell him a little bit about what Toastmasters is. So, in essence, in Toastmasters, we learn public speaking strategic leadership, um, learning, listening. And we do all of that through going to club meetings. But all of those meetings and everything that that, that nature helps you build confidence. So it's more than just an organization that helps you learn how to speak. It's an organization that helps you to learn strategic leadership, listening, uh, public speaking, as well as communicating. And all of those things help 
build confidence I mean, goes through that organization. Yeah, and and confidence is the key thing to speaking, as as Julius just told you all, and you've heard as a common theme throughout uh, most of this month's presenters and interviewees that you have to have confidence as a speaker in order to be taken serious. And so uh, Julius has been a part of, of Toastmasters. How long have you been in the organization, bro? Man, I would say about 10 years. I just talked about that for about 10 years. <laughs> that's that's a, a whole, a whole, uh, um, a whole good amount of time to be grooming your professional speaking and your public speaking skills. Man. Uh-huh. So I know you've benefited a lot from it and is, um, I know I've been in Toastmasters probably a, a little under that. I'm not actually currently uh, active with the membership right now, but I still uh-huh. always promote Toastmasters whenever I can because it, it raised me, it groomed me. Uh, but is Toastmasters for those that may not know, uh, Drew, is it a, is it a local organization? Is it a is it a uh, international or U.S. organization? Tell us about what Toastmasters is. Yeah, uh, so thank you for that. So Toastmasters is an international organization. We are in over 92 countries. We have over 300,000 members international. As a matter of fact, we talked about uh, me traveling. I recently just got back from Kenya. Uh, so we was there uh, ha- having a joint Toastmaster meeting in Nairobi, Kenya. And so it goes beyond just the Georgia or Atlanta area, but it's an international organization. So in Georgia, we have about 150 to 300 clubs in the state of Georgia. That's divided out between two, what we call two districts. That district is separated by the other left and right side of I-75, 85. And so I'm in District 44, which has about roughly 100, 150 clubs. And so there are, you can go to the organization's website and find the closest club nearest you, but know that there's more to Toastmasters than just what we say in our organization is more than just the four walls so you have to kind of get out so clearly it's more than just atlanta it's kenya it's new york it's everywhere yeah so for those for those that may or may not have heard about uh toastmasters international um brother julius white and myself uh king jules are products of toastmasters uh, we both, again, support the movement um, of Toastmasters and also those from an international perspective that have um, just worked on their English all the way down to their confidence in speaking. Uh, there's business uh, owners all the way down to uh, young professionals and also seasoned professionals uh, that are in the organization. So it's literally a pool of people trying to improve themselves and also trying to develop themselves. And so. For those that are looking to develop their public speaking or leadership skills, uh, there is no other organization that I know of, especially that's feasible and economical versus Toastmasters International. And so, Drew, I know I have my story of how I got into Toastmasters, but was there someone that suggested that you look into this organization or a coworker or a family member? Tell us a little bit about your story and getting involved. Okay. So I... Um, at one point, wanted to be in my career a public speaker. And so having no knowledge of any of that, I just knew that that's something that I wanted to get involved in. I wanted to share my story with individuals, but I didn't quite know how. And so our, our good friend Google talked about, 
I just Googled and it was like, you know, you want to be a public speaker, go to the, it first led me to the National Speaker Association. So I read that and somewhere in my search it said, because if you are familiar with the organization, the NSA has a list of requirements you have to have given. And I said, there's no way I'm going to be a part of this. And somewhere in my search it said, if you can't join that, join Toastmasters. And I was like, well, what in the world is Toastmasters? <laughs> so I looked it up, like many people, and found a club nearest me and went to a club. And I went to one club over in Austell, and they was having a contest. I think it was a humorous and evaluation contest. And just looking at the target speaker, she was speaking. I looked at how the other people did an evaluation of that speaker. I looked at one of our own club members now, Pat Veal, gave a um, humorous speech. And so I said at the end of it, man, this is where I need to be. And so how I joined my particular club, that was a, the contest was at another club was hosting the contest. And so I said, what club is this winning all the awards? <laughs> that's where I need to be. Right. That's how not only I joined Toastmasters as a whole, but how I specifically joined my individual club, which is South Cobb Toastmasters, located in Mabel to Georgia. Shout out, shout out to South Cobb Toastmasters. Right. <laughs> that, that brought in and, and definitely welcome a brother Julius with welcome arms. And then he, he actually, as for those that are tuning in may have missed his story, he got to see a competition uh, that Toastmasters is very well known for. Uh, Ju, can you tell them uh, how competitive Toastmasters is and also what are some of the examples of competitions that members are are allowed or able to participate in when they join? Yeah, so with, with Toastmasters, there are about four different c- contests. So the first one is what they call table topic contest. And table topics is where you work on your impromptu speaking. The next contest is a humorous speech contest. It's not more of a comedian type, but this, how well can you craft a, a conversation or a speech with someone that involves humor and it has a message? Uh, the next one is an evaluation. So how well, that goes back to what I said about listening. How well can I hear someone message? And then on the fly, provide constructive feedback to help them improve their presentation. And the big one that everyone talks about is what we call the international speech contest. And that is how can you deliver just a five to seven minute speech that could be informative, inspirational, uh, a motivation speech. But that in itself is probably the most competitive speech because you compete on an international level. So once you move through the club, the local, you then compete for what they call the champion of world speaking from internet, from Toastmaster perspective. And that is, I tell individuals, the competing, you compete not just to win, but you compete to sharpen your skills. Mm. So if you're in Toastmaster and you really want to sharpen your skills, going through any of those contests, at the minimum, even if you don't win, <laughs> you will definitely sharpen and hone in those skills to become a better speaker. But you have to listen. It's that repetitive of being com- competitive in the organization and get better. 
Say something, get feedback, get better. It's that repetitive cycle is where the transformation in yourself happens. And that's and that's huge. Uh, as Julius is dropping uh, jewels already, it's not even but maybe five or five, ten minutes that we've been on the on the live with already. He's telling you the importance of listening is a skill that you must sharpen if you want to be an effective speaker. And so um, for those that are just tuning in, we're on the line with um, Brother Julius White, uh, who is a Toastmaster, a public speaker and also a young professional and even works in the education system here at the AUC at Spelman University. Um, he is a traveler, too, uh, and also an international traveler. So he's uh, uh, doing some big things internationally and domestically here in Atlanta and also internationally. He just came back from Africa recently and uh, he's ta- he's talking about his experience of being and also now continuing to be an active Toastmaster. And um, he's he's really he's really stressing the importance of listening. And so, Julius, we we've talked to I think maybe seven presenters and seven um, interviewees thus far. And why, from your perspective, do you think so many speakers are quick to speak but do not learn the art form of listening? Why do you think that is, Drew? Well, I think, well, one thing, let me back up and talk about why it's important to know how to listen, and that may kind of solve this. We have just been trained, and you probably heard it often, that a lot of times we say we're listening, but we're really just waiting but a gap for the other person to stop talking so we right. can get the word in. So that's not really listen. That's not listening. You're just waiting for your pause in the conversation to say what you have to say. And so if you look at great leaders, great communicators, if you listen, you cannot just pick up and hear what the individual is saying, but pick up on the emotional intelligence that you need to know how to respond. So when you hear um, it's something very simple. You probably, for those of you who, who have kids, you might have told your uh, child something time and time again. And then somebody is totally off the street and say the same thing. And that child is like, oh, guess what? Like, it's so new. And, and, and you're like, I've been telling you that for 20 years. <laughs> it, it's that person had the ability to hear not just the words coming from the, that, that child's mouth, but hear what they're saying and what they're not saying and interpret that to be able to give the right information and the right delivery method. And so it's important for us to know how to listen because we need to hear verbally and we need to have those nonverbal clues that help us understand what people are really saying. Why people don't necessarily do that um, I, I, I don't have the exact answer why they, 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 they don't do it. It's probably more so we've never been taught really to listen. Mm. We've been taught to get what you have to say. So let me get what I have to say out. And so if we really kind of take a step back and learn the art of listening, then that can help us, I mean, just in not just in your career, but in your personal life. People always say, you're not listening to me. you're not not listening to what I'm saying those phrases are said in arguments and conversations all the time so the clues are there we're not listening 
of what we think we're listening. We're not listening. We're listening to respond. We're not listening to understand. I think that's the important part. And that's a huge proponent of what, what we learn even as Toastmasters mm-hmm. and some of the roles and some of the roles that we have to play in basically a, a meeting, like a board meeting style setup. Uh, talk, mm-hmm. talk a little bit, Jew, about like some of the roles that you may play and also why in these roles you're learning to improve your listening skills while you're also working on your speaking skills. So, and I've been fortunate to uh, become be a club officer. I've served on the district level. And so each of those leadership roles have different in, in, involvement. So from a, a club officer level, I've been club president and vice president of, of education. And so when we have new members come in <clears throat> on the club level, the first thing I ask is, what is it that you're trying to get from Toastmasters? It's more than just showing up and, and sitting in a meeting, but what is that you're really trying to get? And so when they're talking to me and saying, I am I'm trying to get back into the workforce, I'm trying to uh, learn, I'm having to speak more, my job is requiring me to speak more, and I need to learn how to organize my thoughts. So I have to listen to what those individuals are saying because Toastmasters, if you really look at it from a club level, it helps you to become a, it has entrepreneur skills in it. So, for example, when I am the VP of education, and that's the, the, that's the arm that helps with the education of the club. So that is like a trainer. So I'm listening to what my customer that member is, is asking that they need from my organization. And I have to translate that to say, how can I better serve that customer? And so when you look at it from that perspective, if you can't serve a, a Toastmaster member and as a VP of membership or VP of education, then how can you start your own business and expect to learn how to answer or meet the need of your paying customer? So it has those skills built in that I believe. And so we had a, a president. She was started her own nonprofit. And the first thing I told her was look at your executive board and mm-hmm. Toastmasters as your executive board and your nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at it from that lens, it helps you put things in a different light. And, um, those are just some of this a few things that you can pick those transferable skills is what I say and you can pick from that. Oh, that's that's a huge uh, advantage that just like you mentioned for those that are entrepreneurs, you need to be practicing your entrepreneurship uh, skills even as a leader and also as someone that is even a team a team member or a team player while you are in an organization or in an entity a small group where you can make mistakes where you yeah. can have other people tell you certain things that may work or may not work before you get out there in the real business world and you are literally just getting your head busted in from all the mistakes that you didn't get to really work through in practice and so like uh Julius is saying Toastmasters has so many opportunities to work on your craft in a safe space or in a a supportive space. And that's the main 
uh, next question that we want to pivot into, Jew, is like, how is the environment supportive or how is it a safe space to make any mistakes or to not be uh, judged by your, your local peers? How, how is it a safe space or supportive space? And that's I'm glad you had that because in our club mission statement, those words are in there. Provide a positive learning environment in which members have the opportunity to learn those skills. And so when a club is is formed in a typical meeting, you have everyone is there for the same reason. So that that's point number one. So point number one is understanding that everyone there in that room is there to improve their skills. And so when we do a, a, a speech and someone has to give an, an evaluation, there's a way to give an evaluation in a constructive way. And so the, the, the meeting itself is structured in a way that promotes feedback, crit, critique, but it's also structured in a way that doesn't leave you uh, leaving the meeting like, man, like, I, I really bombed this one. Like, <laughs> I can do this. And so what I'm hearing a, a speech or I'm hearing something, uh, I'm having to figure out, okay, what is something that you did well? What is something you can improve upon? And then you end on something that you, that you did very well. So you're still inserting that feedback in there, but well, it's something called the sandwich approach to evaluations and where you're actually giving constructive feedback and not just whitewashing anything. But knowing that everyone is there uh, to support you, everyone is there to support themselves, and it's a, it's a collaborative effort. We tell people all the time that Toastmasters is your garage. This is where you mess up. And, you know, sometimes we laugh about it, but you the important thing is that you keep getting back up to speak. You keep yeah. getting back up to do those things. So if you forgot the time because you were so listening to the speech, then okay, that, that's fine. Well, let's go back and do that again. And how can we better perfect that? So it's not necessarily trying to get perfection, but how do you get better? Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes better. And I think that's one of the things that the environment helps to foster that. It's a huge, it's a huge component of your success in disciplining yourself to come to meetings uh, every week or even even once once every two weeks. Uh, talk, mm-hmm. talk talk to the people that, again, may or may not have heard of Toastmasters, Jew. Like, do they have to come every single day? Are there certain meetings that are once a week, once once a month? Tell them uh-huh. a little bit about the flexible schedules of, of clubs. So each club is going to be uniquely different. Um, there could be clubs... My club meets weekly, so we meet every Tuesday. <laughs> uh, there are clubs that meet uh, every other week. Some meet twice a month, and so you have to you have the ability there to find clubs that meet in your schedule. Uh, even with clubs that meet on a weekly, as, 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 as our club does, you're not required to go there every week. But I will caution, and I tell people this. You can easily come into a club meeting and then sit down and be a participant and listen to speeches and and listen to the table topics and you have a good time and hurrah. That's good. I really felt good hearing some good speeches. I'm going to go home. Right. Uh, 
our current club president, Jerry Warren, says this. He says, you don't get better sitting in the seats. Mm. You get better in front of that lecture. So that's it. Just like that muscle. If you want to get better, you don't get better sitting in their seats. You got to get out. Even if you're just doing a role, you got to get out. And so from the organization standpoint, the meetings are flexible depending on the type of day. Some clubs meet during lunch. There are different types of clubs, clubs that are a community clubs. That's what club I belong to, meaning that a group of individuals in a certain geographical area decide to form a club. There are clubs where I say are corporate clubs where your job form a club. I was a part of organization Greenway uh, Medical and then they formed a Toastmaster club because the HR department saw the benefit of the organization for their employees. So you have corporate clubs, you have community clubs, you have college clubs, clubs that are, that meet at Universities. We we currently have a club at Spelman College. There's a club in um, different colleges around. So those are college clubs, mm-hmm. and then we have I don't want to say church clubs, but these are clubs that meet in a church <laughs> where the community is the church community. And so most of those are open. Corporate clubs may be closed, just basically because it's only there for their. Um, employees, but it just depends. And so when you go out to the website to find a club, it's going to list all those different things that help you find the one that's, that best fit your needs, your time commitment, and your location. Yeah, and stay with that last part, Drew, uh, for those for those that um, may be looking at it from a professional development standpoint for their company that they work as an employee at right now, because I know a lot of people that may be watching still may be employees versus possibly having their own business or side hustle. So when it comes to like the validation of Toastmasters from your perspective, just speaking from Julius's perspective, uh, do you see um, companies that take Toastmasters serious if employees are telling them that they've been in this organization and they have certificates, they have awards, they have uh, different uh, titles, of course, that we use in Toastmasters. Do you see that as an advantage for certain employees from your perspective? I think so. And I'll tell you here in Georgia, a couple of companies that are just really knocking it out the park. Um, number one is Mercedes-Benz. They, they they just last year, they as you know, Mercedes-Benz has moved their headquarters here right. here. Uh, it was from I can't remember Jersey or something like that, but um, they sponsored one of their employees. One of their employees were speaking in the international speech contest, and they actually flew them here to Georgia to compete. And so they can sponsor that. So that just there shows their commitment to what the organization has to offer. So someone there sees the benefit in there. Um, Coca-Cola is a big sponsor. Shaw is a big sponsor. Um, Greenway Medical was a big sponsor. Uh, ironically enough, Fulton County Schools is a huge advocate of Toastmasters. So I definitely see that. And as far as it relates to me, I'll tell you a quick story which helped me, which helped solidify that, hey, this stuff really worked, right? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, a network administrator 
I've been going to Toastmasters now for maybe about six months to a year. And mm-hmm. our company I work for, they normally have a sales conference. And in that sales conference, we do stuff from a technology standpoint. Well, mm-hmm. at one point, we're in a sales meeting and we was deploying an application to our sales team. And the guy said, Julius, can you go upstage and, and talk about this? Mm. This is probably the size of a hotel ballroom, the, the huge, maybe like two, three hundred people. Yeah. So without even thinking, I said, okay. And I get up there, I'm on stage demonstrating and talking about uh, remote desktop and how the sales team can use that. And when I came back, everybody was like, man, you really did good. And I was like, it just kind of clicked. Like, what? Did I just go in front of 200 people on a stage and just talk about something on the fly, not really prepared? And that's when it hit me. Okay, there's something with this Toastmaster thing, and I really need to stick to it. So, and that's kind of where it came from. And no, that's a great testimony to, to share. And I know last night, Drew, we had uh, one of my, my other friends, uh, Zach uh, Weidman, who was speaking about his company did something similar, just like you brought him in front of news agencies and news channels to speak on behalf of the company, Georgia's own credit union, because uh-huh. they know he speaks in front of many partners all the time. And they, he's like one of the lower younger um, uh, staff that's on the totem pole, but they trusted his speaking ability to speak on behalf of the company, the same, uh-huh. just the same way you just said. So it, it, it has its benefits when people know and value your communication skills to be able to speak on behalf of a product, a service, or even the company at large, because everybody that's in a leadership position, they do not like to speak in those type of uh, situations. So, so that's a that's another great uh, pivot uh, to another question, Ju. Like for those um, that you come across in Toastmasters, do you see a lot of uh, entry level, uh, mid level um, employees, or even C suite or executive uh, level um, Toastmasters that are participating? And and talk a little bit about maybe some testimonies from people that may even be on the the mid level to a C suite or executive level that you come across. Uh, I, I definitely um, know people in those C level as executive level. I mean, I guess now I'm I'm one of them now. <laughs> also, Absolutely. Uh, even our district director and 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 people in. Here's the thing: you never know who people are in Toastmasters, and so you can talk to a person every day and then they come back and it's thing and, and then you ask them like like what do you do? Like, oh I'm the executive director for for this organization. You like, wow, I didn't know that. So there's definitely people from C level, from a, a, a director level that are out there. Um, it, it benefits all. And even in our club that we started some, a couple of years ago at a company I, I, I used to work for the one rule that we made was you can be a manager, you can be the CEO, the CFO. We're all the same. So all that goes out there. And I think that helps people and organizations and corporate clubs become more comfortable. Does that make sense? 
Absolutely. And that's and that's um that's just like how it was most of my clubs, like like Julia said, people coming from all different walks of life. Some may have been business owners, some may have been uh fellow employees at companies that uh some of their peers or other Toastmasters worked at, but when they came to the meetings, everybody let their coattails down a little bit more and they were able to relax because it's a safe space, as Julius has been saying. It's not it's not where you're having to put on your bravados, put on your titles or your airs. Like everyone is there to learn and everyone is there to build and, and, and progress. And so all of those things basically are put to the side because people are trying to work at their craft. And uh, let's 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 talk to you about um, the international perspective of Toastmasters, because I know you just traveled. Of course, you said to Kenya, I want to say in, in East Africa. Um, uh, were you able to use any of your skills that you have learned from Toastmasters or even uh, throughout your speaking career when you went to the motherland or how was that experience for you? Talk a little bit about going to Africa. Oh man, Africa, Africa in itself going there was amazing. I mean, if you just haven't been there, you just gotta, you just have to, you just have to go. But in terms of how I use my speaking skills, one, we went to a Toastmaster club in uh, Nairobi, Kenya, which mm. was, um, it's very interesting to see how other countries grab hold to this. And um, if, if I'm very transparent, I think when you look at how in the United States we take some of this for granted. Mm. Whereas when you're in another country where you're separated by class and things of that nature, mm. Toastmasters and just, I'm just here so I can get another promotion. They're here so they can provide for their families because they know if I can learn how to communicate better, then I can get a better job. And that better job is provide access to them. So it just, I walked away learning how serious they take that. And, and I've heard that not just in, in, in Kenya, but even in China and Japan, they really take it seriously because they have different factors that they're dealing with that we don't necessarily deal with in the United States. So that was the first thing that I, I, I saw. And so being a part of their club, yeah, I, I was actually nervous because they, they they was they was they was serious about starting on time, and I volunteered to be the uh, timer, and it was like timer, I'll be ready to roll one minute to the clock. I'm like, well, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it it, it it makes you appreciate that kind of stuff, and so uh, just having that confidence to come up and talk to individuals, not being afraid it's you 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 get that by being a part of toastmasters and it goes back to what i said in the beginning we learn all these different skills all of which results in confidence we learn the skill of strategic leadership the skill of public speaking the skill of interpersonal communication all that build confidence to where you can go out and say hi my name is julius tell me what is it that you're doing here? Or I'm not quite sure how to understand uh, what you're, you're, 
you're uh, saying. So this everyday conversations increase because you have that assurance that not only can I speak, we all can, can speak, but can I speak to where people can understand? And here's something important is how can I connect with mm. people? Mm-hmm. So are you speaking to this communicate? But how can I speak to connect? And and we made a lot of connections in um, Kenya. So <laughs> that's an excellent way to connect on the international level, especially with people that may not even speak the same dialect as you or even understand your dialect because it's all about still communicating in a way where they can connect and stay with that point too because that's that's an excellent point. talk talk a little bit about the cultural barriers not just in going to the motherland but even in you seeing people from different cultures and different countries still being in with Toastmasters or still wanting to work on their speaking and leadership skills. Like talk about the importance of that, that connection. The point of the connection there. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, one, I kind of touched on different barriers such as uh, if, if, if you're born to a certain family that that's maybe considered a lower class or something like that, but just uh, for, for myself, what I've discovered is um, everyone may speak different languages, but there's there's a there's a common language that everyone speaks. So there's common things that that, that we know, facial expression. So even in times, fortunately for for me, there was a lot of English speaking uh, in uh, Kenya, but they they also speak Swahili. So there are times where the individuals was speaking in a different dialect. And so I had to really listen to what they were saying, um, mm-hmm. look at their facial expressions, um, understanding when you go out the country that different things to us and gestures may not mean the same thing <laughs> over in the country that you're going to. Right. And so it's important to kind of understand how they communicate mm-hmm. and, and learn how to adapt to that. So, um, there are different barriers there, but I think the common thread between all of us is that everyone wished to be understood. And so it's more than just saying, uh-huh, uh-huh, or, or, uh, do you speak English? Well, <laughs> do you speak whatever you can, can you, can you just understand some of the common things? And one funny thing we was trying to, it was at the rest at the hotel and wanted to, um, they they had pancakes <laughs> and one of the guys wanted syrup and they just could not understand what he was saying because I guess they just didn't, didn't serve that and so you, know, you run into those instances where you're like I don't want to come off being crass or rude but how can I okay how can I describe what I want in a way for the other person to understand and we all walk away happy right <laughs> And that's a huge benefit, just like Julius is saying, for those that are tuning in, he's speaking directly uh, to you all about his international uh, perspective and even going recently. I know he's been other places, but going recently to Kenya and East Africa and the motherland, um, they do speak Swahili as the native tongue. But uh, some of the folks that he was with uh, spoke the English language. But we all know here in America, especially for people 
um, that speak different languages, you still have to find that medium ground to be able to communicate past the language barrier. Because we all mm-hmm. are communicators. It's, it's, it's just a matter of whether we're wanting to go the extra mile to uh, not be bashful or feel inferior in, in trying to uh, connect with someone, even if we don't know the language. And um, that's that's an excellent um, segue to uh, speaking, uh, Jew, about like when it comes to communicating, um, when you're talking to different audiences, especially from when you've given presentations and talking to people from different age groups, like how yeah. do you prepare? How do you prepare to know your audience or how do you prepare your speeches or presentations? What's your process? Well, um one thing, knowing the audience, I, I, I'll give an example. I was asked to speak uh, at the at University of West Georgia uh, for the Multicultural Association. And so one thing you do, what I typically do is ask, what is it that you want me to speak about, number one? And then a lot of times I'll ask diff- different questions. So what is the makeup? So, of course, for this uh Speech. I was going to West Georgia. I knew the age range, the 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 type of of, of, of audience. But what I I asked uh, the person who invited me was, what are some of the challenges that people are having? What are some of the things that you you really want them to walk away with? And so once I get that, that helps me to craft the message or to help and try to include some of those things. So those, that's kind of more when, when I'm speaking to a large audience and things like that. But just if you want to go to just getting to know one-on-one, <laughs> knowing, the, knowing the actual space, you know, so there, there's some simple things that just helps me. Uh, knowing the actual space, knowing you got to put a microphone in my hand that I got to carry around or am I about to be wired up with a, a lapel mic? But I may dress differently if I know all these different things. And so it's always right now having some, having some issue, but it's those little things that always gets us. So I think we sometimes we're concerned about the big things about, um, the side of the audience that matters, but then it, it doesn't matter. What, what what really matters is what is it that the uh, audience is expecting to walk away with, and that helps me to to say that whatever I'm speaking about, that the audience can walk away saying that I know something now that I didn't know coming into it. And so when we're writing speeches, there's a lesson that I say is. The topic you're getting ready to say, if it can't fit in one sentence on a business card, you're doing too much. So in mm. one sentence, I want my audience to walk away with this. Once you get that, then that's how I typically drive where I'm going. No, that's a great point. Repeat that last jewel that you just dropped on you with, with, if they're not able to put their message on a business card, what now for those that may have missed it? So basically you, you want to write the message you want your audience to get. So you question, I want my audience to walk away with blank. That blank needs to be able to fit 
on a business card. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So for those for those that like to ramble a lot, Drew, or those that like to do a lot of storytelling, they they won't be able to fit it on that one business card because it's only one side of the business card too, right? Not both sides, right? Yeah, we have to. Yeah, you were dropping too much heat on them, man. That the internet, <laughs> internet too much information that you, that they get free, Drew. They getting all wow. for free, man. It's all good, but we apologize for the technical glitches. Uh, we we were just mainly uh, just summing up uh, what Julius uh, just pointed out, especially from being a, a speaker that is speaking clear and concise. Uh, Julius said, if you cannot put your message that you want to convey to your audience on one business card and on one side of the business card, not both sides, but one side of the business card, uh, Drew, Drew said that you're doing way too much. So uh, for those speakers that are, are storytellers that just don't know when to shut shut off the story or, or <laughs> the break when the time is, is up, uh, they they not gonna be able to fit it on one business card, man. Well, and and the, and the thing, so here's what that here's what that does. That helps you stay focused. Mm. And so basically, what we're saying is, a lot of times, especially speakers who have a lot to say, like we just want to pour everything out. But you only have a certain amount of time, right? Right. So you're not going to speak forever. So you need to say, okay, how it helps you narrow down your message. So at the end of the day, I want my audience to walk away with this. What's that one thing? Now you can break that down into three points or five points, but what that does is help you stay focused so that you make sure that what you intend for the audience to, to get, they actually get. And that's what that really helps you. And I don't have to put it on business cards no more because I've done it enough to know. Okay, <laughs> it wasn't. Exactly. No, and that's and that's critical, especially for those speakers that are just starting off. Drew, uh, I just spoke with one of my clients. He's actually watching you right now, brother Keon Reed. Today, like right before this call, and uh, uh-huh. he, he was saying that just like a lot of speakers do, they sometimes may struggle with trying to confine their speech or their presentation into that one block of, of the time limit or even that one concise message that they want to leave their, their clients or their audience with and having it, if they don't remember anything else, but that one message that you put on a business card, then that means that uh, your speech was not successful. Cause that just is like you standing up there clapping and applauding and watching someone and you ask them after the speech is over, what was that speaker talking about? They don't know what the heck they were talking about, Drew. <laughs> they can't tell you one thing that, that the message was dealing with. They just know that they felt hype and they liked it. But really, what was the message that they were conveying? And that's what Julius and myself are telling you. Toastmasters has has helped Julius and myself in crafting your, your presentation and narrowing it down to not be long-winded. Now, let me tell you this. And so when you mentioned about the people walk away, like, well, I don't know what he said. So here's something that's interesting. And it's just no matter if you can put it on one business card or have a business card, it doesn't matter that people are only going to remember a certain percentage of what it is you're going to say. Right. That's just mm-hmm. the way our minds are wired. Mm-hmm. So how do you get over that? So what we've learned, what I've learned is you want to make sure you have a strong 
opening, a strong closing. And and here's one of the reasons why speech competitions in Toastmasters are so uh, important, is that people learn best by what? Stories. Yes. You yeah. know, it, it, it just... There's, there's stories. Stories can help help or help us or or break us. But if you can include a personal story in what you're getting ready to say, that helps people rem- remember. Especially, uh, take for ex- example, I can tell you the statistics all day long about how you shouldn't text and and drive. And I actually gave a speech about this way before the text and driving was there. Yeah. But when I tell you that story of how this woman was texting and she was driving and she didn't see that she was driving into a construction zone and she crashed the car and the family that she hit died and they couldn't get her out the car. That connects with you. Mm. So all those numbers, yeah, 35%, 85%. But what you walk away with, you walk away thinking about that family who died in that burning car. So stories are a great way to connect your points, to connect the dots, because that's what we as individuals remember most, the stories. So I just, gotta, I just thought about that. That's excellent. That's an excellent Jew, um, uh, Jew to, to, to continue continue just dropping on them and i know we're getting uh down to the wire with our with our uh interview this evening so before you leave your final jewel uh for those uh that may be listening or may watch the replay um just really really quick i know you were diving into it um with the last uh, part you were speaking on but speak to why it's important to have a great closing when you are a speaker like for those that may know how to have a strong opening, but may not know if they get caught for time, if they haven't really rehearsed their speech with the, with the motions and the movements of their, their body throughout the speech. Like why is a strong closing important? Because the closing is what we walk away with. That's what's going to set the tone for when they leave you. So, if I'm trying to inspire you, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to motivate you. I, talk, I, talk, I just talked about a story and wrapping a story up in there. But your closing is what the last thing they're going to remember from you. So when people, re, people remember things, they remember how you first start out. They remember a little bit about what you said in the, in the, um, in the middle, but by nature, we, we remember the, the beginning and the end. And so having that strong closing, that's why when they, when you talk about things, they say, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it. And then I'm going to tell you again what I'm going to ready to uh, say. And so that's because in that closing, we walk away with this. So when this video leaves, the last thing that we talked about, that's what's going to have that lasting impression that lasts an impact on us. That's why it's important to close out with either your story or quote or however you're going to do it. If you don't do anything else, remember your beginning, 
and practice your closing, okay? Hey, those two things, they can't miss those two things, Jew. If they, if they don't remember anything else, the, the beginning, the opening, and the closing is invaluable, which which is a great a great segue to have you drop your final jewel uh, for the evening, uh, Jew, what we always have the uh, guest host or the guest interviewee uh, to leave a final uh, jewel of wisdom uh, or just a final jewel that you want to impart upon them to motivate them, inspire them. And for those that may be watching uh, that are still on the fence of whether they are considering Toastmasters or whether they are considering uh, having a speaking, a speak coach, a speaking coach or a speech coach uh, to work on their confidence or just, um, work on their personal development for public speaking or professional speaking? Like, what would you tell that individual that's watching that may be on the fence or that may be still um, not decisive about putting their money where their mouth is or actually putting their effort uh, into perfecting their speaking? John Maxwell wrote a book and his, the title of this book sums it up to, for me, that is. Everyone communicates Few people connect. Mm. We're on Twitter. Everyone's talking on Twitter. Everyone's talking on Facebook. Everyone's talking in meetings. But what separates you from the rest is how well you can connect with the people you're talking to. Look at Jack Welch from GE. He connect with the audience. He connected with his employees. When the managers that your individual managers that you say were your best managers, some kind of way they were able to connect. And so for nothing else, you should invest money, even if it's if it's Toastmasters or any or any even invest in a book, whatever you're gonna put your money where your mouth as you say, why you should do it? Because we're living in a time where people are always communicating, but they're not connecting. Mm. And we need to learn how to start connecting with the people we talk to. If I can connect with you. I can relate with you. I can inspire you. I can I can motivate you. That's my last nugget of wisdom, right? <laughs> hey, that's that's straight up flames for, for those that are watching. They they done got they done got all the jewels that Julius was dropping tonight, man. My final jewel uh for them Jew is just uh just piggybacking off of honestly what you said. You're either gonna be a connector or you're going to be an outlet, but either way, you have to have a plug. And so mm. whether whether you connect in, as Julia said, with, with uh, others, or whether you the, the outlet that you're basically uh, plugging into, you still have to have a plug in order to connect others. And so you are going to have to invest in yourself, whether you are going to pay for it, which is what I highly suggest, having a, a professional development fund, whether you have money, uh, to spare or not, like this is about your future and your career. So Toastmasters is an excellent uh, avenue to get plugged into. Julius and myself are both um, um, uh, advocates of Toastmasters and supporters of Toastmasters. He's active in it right now. I currently am not, but I still have uh, attested that 90% of my professional development, speaking wise and career wise, comes from Toastmasters International. So that just means that you have to start somewhere, uh, ladies and gentlemen that may be watching. And why not start with an organization such as Toastmasters? We've been on the line uh, with Julius White uh, this evening for episode 20. 
Uh, I know it's been a pleasure uh, serving with you, uh, Julius. How can they get in contact with you, bro, if they want to reach out to you about any questions for follow-up or even want to possibly um, uh, request your services or even um, have you basically come and talk to some of their uh, network or their peers? How, how can they reach you? Sure. So you can reach me. You can reach me by email <clears throat> at jcollin at jcollinwhite. That's J-C-O-L-L-I-N. Mm-hmm. at com, uh, you can i'm on instagram and twitter at jcollinwhite and let, let's let's connect and i love to hear any kind of questions you have this is to kind of make um everyone better so i'm i'm on all the social media <laughs> <laughs> and so thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of the great things that you're doing i think this, this here is an awesome platform and I've I've been watching it everything else so I, so when you asked me I was couldn't I couldn't wait to say yes to be a part of it so no no doubt man yeah like I said we gotta stay we gotta stay plugged in like like right. next we are man we gotta stay connected as you said this world is a big place and we gotta roll with those who are either connectors or outlets but you gotta have a plug and so uh, we we are concluding with episode 20 uh, with our very special guest, Julius White, who was talking all jewels this evening about Toastmasters. Watch the replay if you just tuned in. Definitely share with some people that may want to work on their speaking craft because it is an art form and you must work at it daily in order to get better. So what I'm going to do, Ju, I'm going to close this off with a quick prayer and then I'm going to let you enjoy the rest of your evening, bro. Okay. All right, Father God, I just want to thank you uh, for uh, it's a very successful interview this evening. We thank you for Brother Julius, who has uh, been able to share his uh, jewels of wisdom and his experience and uh, not just being a speaker, but even being an educator and a professional uh, that is out here trying to um, show the importance of uh, people valuing their professional development and also uh, putting energy uh, towards their professional development. So we thank you uh, for um, his his vulnerability that he's shown with us this evening. We pray that you will bless um, him as he continues on his journey of uh, being an impactful leader, a global leader. And we uh, ask that you will uh, just continue opening doors for him to speak life and to also speak uh, power and wisdom into those that need the confidence to speak on their own messages. Uh, Father, we thank you. We love you and we praise you in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. 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 Well, I appreciate you, man. We definitely going to have you back on for a part two because you, you definitely were dropping uh, probably the most, if not the second most jewels uh, in a short time frame. So they need to hear from you again, bro. So no definitely, definitely keep, a yeah, keep a lookout for me and y'all holler at Brother Julius if you have any follow-up questions, man. We'll talk soon, bro. Thank you. God bless. Peace.